The podcast you're about to hear is week three of wrapping up. It's recorded uh, Tuesday mid-afternoon in New Rochelle, and I Nick is still in uh, in Middletown in the great area code of eight four five. This one, this one might be uh, a precursor for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, so sit back and, uh, and enjoy this one. You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! Wrapping up week three, and to be honest, this show might be a lot of college football, just getting that out of the way early yes. on. Because we don't uh, want to talk about our garbage <laughs> New York NFL franchises. Nick has again joined me for uh, his weekly segment on, on the Grind mm-hmm. Hours podcast. Um, Hello. Nick, just jumping right into this because the more time that we waste on talking about our garbage teams is less time that we get we, that we have talking about college football. So yes. getting into it. Let's get the garbage out of the way so we can talk about good teams the rest of the episode. (laughs) My New York Jets, so much for it chomping at the bit to wanting to get back on the field because Mm -hmm. and that's what (laughs) I don't even know what to think of Robert Sala at this point because it's new coach honeymoon phase where And to be honest, Robert Sala hasn't really done a lot of losing in the past couple of years because he went to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, So it's kind of, I don't really like losing. I don't really, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to losing this bad. And he said after the week three debacle against New England, we're chomping at the bit to get back on the field. Well, you put up a goose egg. So, right. And, I, I, and they I didn't put up a goose egg against, you know, like they didn't put up a goose egg against Buffalo or against Baltimore or something like that, or the Chiefs. Like Denver is Denver's a good team, but they're not world beaters. No, they're a beatable. They, they are a beatable team, and they will be beat by pretty good teams. The Jets, I mean, they roll over like dogs. They, they, they. they <laughs> And that's what they are right now. They're a bunch that they don't know. It doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't look like they have fight in them because that defense for a third consecutive week did not give up 30 points. If you don't, Mm -hmm. if you don't give up 30 points, you always have a shot to win a game in the NFL. Right. Always. So it's just the offense is so hmm. putrid right now. And I don't really want to kill, I don't want to kill Zach Wilson that much either because. Because he's, he's a rookie, game. and there's only so much he can do. And if you really look at the other the others in the rookie class, Mac Jones threw three interceptions on Sunday. Justin Fields got one net passing yard because he was sacked for minus 67 yards. And, right. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick overall, is tied with Zach Wilson's inter- is tied with Zach Wilson for the interception lead. They've right. thrown the same amount of interceptions. So right. the, the only one that had a good week was Trey Lance because he sat on the bench and held a clipboard. Right. And came in for, <laughs> I think, four plays and scored a touchdown. He ran in a, yeah. touch, he ran in a touchdown. He's, 
Trey Lance right now is basically Tim Tebow his rookie year, and oh, combined with uh, Taysom Hill, all he does is just run the football. He doesn't pass the ball, yeah. So far, so I, I just I don't understand how we get better. I really don't. I, I don't know what the steps are to improve this team. I hope that they are taken, and I hope that there there is good football on the way. That's all I will say about my Jets. I feel the same way pretty much about the Giants as you. I mean, you you said it perfectly. I don't know what steps need to be taken because the things that I can say, we got to play better offensive line. We've got to be better on – we've got to not make mistakes on defense. We've got to throw the ball back. This, this, I've been saying the same shit for like six years at this point. So obviously like the fixes that are in my head are not apparently that simple because it can't get accomplished time and time again. I watch the same giants team trot out and they can't move the ball down the field. They can't block for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones is missing wide open throws. He's fumbling the ball. The defense is all over the place and it's just, I I don't understand. Transitioning to Monday Night Football, to a team in your division, and one team looked the part, the other team looked like it could finish somewhere third or fourth place. Mm -hmm. I the Cowboys look for real. They 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 look really fast on defense. They looked really really good on offense. I know there was some some uh, bad parts for Dak throughout that game. But Dak looks like he's fully healthy. Zeke finally back. Zeke fantasy owners rejoice because he finally did something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tony Pollard had a good night too. They, well, yeah, they look like they have two really, really good running backs. The 49ers, I, I, if I was the Niners, I would trade a second-round pick for Tony Pollard right now. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I just I thought that this division, like a lot of people, was going to be Washington's to lose at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Now I think it's Dallas's to lose because they look like the best team in that division, and it's not even close. Like it does not former look close former right giant Owa Adigizua with with two and a half sacks for the Cowboys last night. That's a name. And uh, listen, anytime you score, <laughs> that's a name. Anytime you score fucking 41 points, it, it, it doesn't matter who it's against. People are going to take notice of that. And Dak looked great throwing the ball. He was 21 of 26, I believe, 21 of 25 or 21 of 26. So incredibly high completion percentage. C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, they look great. Zeke looked great, like you said. Jalen Hurts had a good game, too. Jalen Hurts had almost four, uh, 350, like 400 yards passing, but he got through two interceptions. He got sacked many, many times. And, you know, you can't – the Eagles can't win like that. And, and the Cowboys – like, the Cowboys look like they're for real. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see this team go to the playoffs and, you know, be, maybe end up as a second or third seed probably. And this this is a this is a solid roster, and the offensive line's always great there. The the quarterback situation, Dak is healthy again. It's it's resolved, you know. I I 
won't say I didn't see this coming. I thought that the Cowboys could be this, but I didn't think it would happen this soon. I mean, I was like you. I thought this was Washington's division to lose, and all that has changed in the first few weeks. Dak looks like he's back to his old self, and Fitz Magic is is on the fritz. So it's that the Taylor looks, Heineke show. Yeah, I think Taylor Heineke's uh, arguably the second quarterback in that division. Uh, last, it's argu- It is arguable on this. Jalen Hurts, I I'm going to use this line forever now. Mm-hmm. If you take a deuce, you don't look at it. You just t- you just turn around and flush it, and <laughs> that's what the Eagles did, and that's what a lot of te- that's what our football teams did. Just turn around and uh, and flush the tape here. Yeah. Last note is Dak looks like an early MVP candidate. Yeah. Because the Cowboys, you have to you have to consider him. Cowboys have been in all three games. They're two and one. You can argue, you know, if if uh, if there's a offensive PI call against Chris Godwin, they're three and zero. Right. Or you know, I think it was Trayvon Diggs barely missed an interception on that drive as well, Mm -hmm. on the game-winning drive from Brady. So if that falls in their lap, they're three and zero. And to lose on the road against Tampa Bay, that's not a bad loss. To be in that yeah. game with the lead with a minute to go, that's this is a really good football team. And mm-hmm. the, the notion of the NFC least, it doesn't apply to the Cowboys at least through three weeks. Right. Speaking of good teams or, or teams that look really, really good. Can we talk about the Rams, the 3-0 and Los Angeles we'll, Rams? We'll get to the Rams in the overreaction uh, segment. Okay. Because I think I, I think I know where your, your, uh, your overreaction is going to go. But we'll take yeah. a quick break, and uh, we'll be back after this. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistance programs through an app-assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies. Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution of locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistance programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chowmatch app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year, on average, Feed Hudson Valley rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time, spelled out, F-E-E-D hv.org now back to the podcast
Cowboys and how good they look and, and uh, Dak Prescott's MVP status. Moving to college football, I, mm-hmm. I just strictly want to talk playoff picture right now. Early, early playoff picture through four weeks. Yep. I have two notes. I have two really impressive – two things that have impressed me the most is – okay. Georgia looks like the national champion. Their defense, no pun intended, they got some dogs on that side of the ball, and there's going to be a lot of guys that are playing on Saturdays right now, playing on Sundays in the near future. Yes, this could be a this could be an LSU 2019 situation where all 11 starters end up making an NFL roster. The number two thing is. Penn State and Michigan in the Big Ten, I think that's your fourth or third, depending on how the the rest of the playoff picture winds up. Mm-hmm. I, it's either going to be Penn State or Michigan. I do want to make a note in the Big Ten specifically that Iowa is still – because people are going to say Iowa is ranked fifth. Why aren't you counting Iowa among the, the top two teams? Why is Michigan ahead of Iowa? Well – I, for me personally, I see Iowa as probably the third or fourth. They're right there of Ohio State. They're in the conversation. But Iowa's best win at this point is Iowa State. And Iowa State just lost again. So that <laughs> one, that doesn't look as good as it did two weeks ago. Yeah, Iowa I... State is not who we thought they were going to be. And that if that's your if that's where you're going to hang your hat on now they're going to have other opportunities because Wisconsin will be coming to to town and they're going to get I'm not sure offhand who they get out of the east of the Penn State Ohio State Michigan Michigan State conglomeration I'm not sure who they get out of that bunch but they're going to get at least two of them so they'll have chances to make statement wins but for now I think it's it's pretty clear that it's Penn State, Michigan, Iowa, Ohio State, and I think it, it's going in that order right now. Michigan's last three at Penn State, at uh, Maryland, and then home for Ohio State. Though that month of a schedule, if Michigan survives that three and zero, and then the Big Ten title game, mm-hmm. I mean. I'm hoping I, I'm hoping they somehow find a way to play Bama. I, I know that's crazy. I don't want to play Georgia in the first uh, the first go around. I well, want to prepare for that. I know this is way, way down the road, but right well, now I, let's think, I think Bama let's think, is beatable. Honestly, let's I think, think Bama about is it and let's think about it in, in terms of just what would logically happen. Um, so right now, the top four is Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State. Yes. You have to figure at some point, 
Oregon and it actually, I, I won't say even say that because I was going to say you have to figure at some point the Big Ten champion is going to leap the Pac-12 champion just because the Big Ten is a tougher conference. But even taking that out of account, Georgia and Alabama are going to play each other. Right. So one of those two teams is going to lose and drop to either number three or number four, probably right. number four. And so that sets up a if even if they drop to number three, that sets up a situation where because they, they might drop to number three, so they don't have a rematch first thing. But that right. sets up a situation where Georgia is playing Oregon and Alabama is playing the Big Ten winner if things shake out like they're shaking out right now. Uh, even if I'm Penn State and Penn State looks really, really good, they do. And mm-hmm. I think Penn State could beat Alabama if they play today. I'm not saying they would, but they could. Uh, what I'm saying is the game that should be circled on the schedule for Michigan besides Ohio State to end the year is, is uh, Penn State. That at Penn State game, you will know what your team looks like after that game. You'll know if, if you got a real national champion contender or if you're going to be settling for the, uh, for the Rose Bowl. And they're at Penn State, correct me if I'm wrong? Yes, they are. All right, so that's, you, you'd have to think that's going to be the whiteout game. Yeah. So I'm really excited for, for Big Ten football. Uh, I like watching Penn State, even though I'm a Michigan fan. Mm-hmm. Penn State looks really, really good. My grandfather is really, really happy with, uh, with the Penn State team this year. Oregon looks good. Georgia, I think, is going to be the national champion. I know Bama is undefeated, and they kill teams. They just mm-hmm. steamroll teams. But Georgia, I think, is legit. Getting to my overreaction, I really uh, – we're staying in this division. We're staying in the AFC North. Okay. I think the Bengals are the AFC North division winners in January. Wow. Wow. I, really, I like it. I It's definitely an overreaction, but I like it. I really – if this is what healthy Burrow looks like and they get some protection for him, he's got the weapons in the open field. That defense is okay enough. I'm not sold on Baltimore. I'm not. I'm just simply not. Um, that It doesn't seem like they can play on the road this year. Cleveland is okay. They're a really good team. You're going to be fighting for against Cleveland. It's really Cleveland's division to lose. But I think – much like Carolina looked like the first, through the first three weeks, the clear division winner. Well, that remains to be seen because Carolina's end of the schedule is really, really tough. Cincinnati's and the gotta, defense for Cincinnati looked yeah. good. I mean, Logan will sit with two interceptions. Look, it's, it's end of the road, Big Ben, and yeah. you're not going to be facing that many level quarterbacks i mean they get davis mill or uh davis mills they get uh trevor lawrence this week and lawrence looks like a shell of himself from clemson so i i don't know i really like cincinnati i've liked them all year for some weird reason and i think the weird reason is they're kind of (laughs) good right they they look kind of good and i'm not saying they're going to go far in the playoffs and potentially win a super bowl but I think that this is a team, again, much like Carolina, 
that we just overlooked because of how dominant the top of that division has been in the past couple of years and how dormant uh, the, the Bengals have been really since Marvin Lewis left, uh, left Cincinnati. So that's, well, that's let's, my let's take a, let's take a quick look at their schedule. So they, they, they won week one against the Vikings. They lost to the bears by only three points, uh, beat the Steelers, obviously. And you can say the bears are not that great of a team. They're not, but a, a close loss is a close loss. They're probably going to beat the Jaguars. They'll be at three and one. They'll be tied for first place. Then they have the Packers. That's probably a loss. The Lions is winnable. Ravens, they play the Jets. They play the Browns. They play the Raiders. They play the Steelers again in Cincinnati this time. Yeah. Um, They get the Chargers in town. They get the 49ers in town. They play the Broncos. There's a, a good amount of winnable games on this schedule. If they get some momentum behind them, I can definitely see that happening where I don't, I don't know if they're going to be the division winners, but I could definitely see them competing for a playoff spot. I, every year. And, and this is the other thing too. Every year there's a team that goes worse to first. So. Yeah. Why not Cincinnati? Right. So one of the reasons why I had you do both of your overreactions is to play into this nice transition to the Thursday night game, Cincinnati at home against Jacksonville. The early line on that is seven and a half. Go uh, Cincy minus seven and a half. I don't know okay. if I'm going to touch that line because I've been touching the, the Thursday night game a lot this year, but I like Cincinnati to win that game overall. I think this is Cincinnati saying, okay, we beat the team that just kills us every year. In their place, mm-hmm. we're coming home for an easy week. We're going to win this game because we should. I don't think they're going yeah. to. They will look ahead to Green Bay, but I don't think they will look ahead that much. I still think they win the game. I think that's you're. I think you're probably dead on. I mean, they're they're winning the game. Regard the Jaguars might not win again all season. <laughs> I mean, so. I, I, I'm going to predict maybe a 27 to 17 ish type deal. And um, I think the, I think the Bengals walk away out of here three and one tied for the lead of the division or actually in sole position of the lead for at least three days. Just for the sake of argument, I'll, I'll say, I'll say a weird score. How about 19 to 13? I like it. Is that a scatagorigami uh, uh, score? I hope so. The least that the, these Thursday night games could give us is to be scoringly interesting. Give me a scoregami score, 19-13. I don't know if that's ever, ever happened before. Shout out to uh, hmm. SB Nation and, yes. and the GOAT, John Boyce. John, John Boyce. John Bois, if you will. John Bois. <laughs> he really should change his name, man. I... John Bois is awesome. Yeah, it's uh, he. It, it, it sounds, should be. It, it sounds like he's a a French painter. John, let's get on a video conference real quick. I've got <laughs> some brilliant marketing ideas for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. I think that's a good place to end. Uh, now's 
the red carpet's all yours. Movie review, shout whoever the hell you want out, and then all that sort of stuff. You can find me at all the social medias at Nick Parodies, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all of that good stuff. Um, you can find me uh, at uh, the band page on Instagram at the underscore bad underscore ideas underscore album coming soon, songs coming soon. Very excited to get that working for you guys. Um, you can find me on the Children's Programming Podcast with Matt Dixon, my good friend, uh, good friend of the show yes. at uh, Children's Three. Programming on Instagram, at Three CHI Programming on Twitter. Yes. 3-0 in, in, in fantasy this year. I don't know how this is happening, but I am here for it. You beat me um, down by 20 this week, so one's yeah. up to you. Yeah. Um, I needed that win, too, to oh stay competitive. 0-3. Oh um. And then finally, so we, we've gotten all that out of the way. And then finally, movie review. This week, I rewatched a absolute favorite film of mine from my high school days. One of the ones that really got me interested in making films in the first place. It's Birdman, starring oh. Michael Keaton. Um, this, this is a movie I love. And I feel like it doesn't get enough appreciation from like the outside world as a whole. I, it, I mean, it won the Oscar for best picture. So people obviously know what it is, but I feel like it's, it's one of those overlooked ones. This, it, it blows my mind how hard it must've been to make this because it's filmed, you've seen it before. It's filmed yeah. like it's all one shot. I mean, the amount of choreography and work that has to go into something like that, it boggles the mind. Michael Keaton, the best performance of his career as a faded actor who was used to be known for playing a superhero, very meta. Um, <laughs> so there's just so many great performances. Zach Galifianakis as the agent is great. Edward Norton as like the stuck up Broadway actor is amazing. I mean, even like the bit parts, like the, the, uh, the woman who plays the theater critic, Lindsay Duncan, she's fantastic in this. And like, it just, it's so beautiful to look at. It won an Oscar for cinematography for a reason. Nobody shoots movies like Emmanuel Lubezki. Great, great score. I love that the, I love that the score is all drums. I love that they incorporate the drums as an actual character in a couple of scenes where they walk past like a street drummer and it's playing the music from the movie. It's the, the there's so many things I remember seeing when I watched it as a, as a as a high school senior, and I was like, I never would have thought to make a movie like this. And it, it's it's so cool, man. And more people should know about it. I love Birdman. You can check it out. It, it's it pops up and out. It pops in and out of Netflix. So hopefully it's on there right now. But if you can track down a, a DVD copy or better yet a Blu-ray copy. Highly recommend, highly recommend because it's a, a gorgeous movie to watch. It's a gorgeous movie to think about. I love movies like that where there's so many open-ended interpretations of, of the ending. And this is definitely one of those where the final shot of, of Emma Stone, it can mean good things, it can mean bad things, and it can mean everything in between. And it's, it's, it's just so cool, man. More people should know about Birdman. And I'm happy to use this platform to get the word out. Michael K is not one of those people that would enjoy Birdman, but everybody else I think would. Um, yes. 
I thought you were honestly, I, I love Birdman too. It's one of the first movies that I saw in one of the first Oscar movies that I saw, not when they run all of the Oscars in the theaters, but actually when it was released in theaters. And I've loved it ever since. I thought you were going to go Garden State. Personally, I was thinking about I was thinking about watching Garden State recently. It's funny. I really like Garden State. People kind of people kind of shit on it as this cheesy movie, but it's so it so perfectly captures what that time period was like, that mid 2000s that yeah. whole, that whole era, you know? Like the from the soundtrack to the this is a double movie review for you guys. <laughs> I bet this this like the soundtrack, the the costume choices, the the way the characters interact, the way they live in their their environment, it's and it hits doubly close to home because it's set in like suburban New Jersey, and we right. live forty minutes away from that, so it's basically the same culture as up here. I mean, it's like it, it's it it's I I I I don't understand why people <laughs> why people don't like it. It's a, it's a great movie. They're both great movies. Watch Birdman and watch Garden State. I really, when you said one of my old high school cl- uh, favorite movies, I, my mind immediately went Garden State. That's why I was so taken <laughs> by you saying uh, Birdman. But both, I agree with you, both are fantastic movies uh, for completely different reasons, but they're both spectacular. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, of I course, forward, man. I look forward to next week and hopefully a win to start off the podcast for either one of our teams um (laughs) but hey we could always fall back on college football college football is the country's plentiful with uh with storylines with that so yes um oh also really quickly before we leave shout out smoke monday for pushing a game over in the in the in the bama game Ooh, smoke monday monday with a pick six at the very, very end of the, of the uh, Alabama or uh, Auburn Georgia State game. So, <laughs> second shout out for Smoke Monday. Auburn, holla at you, boy. Um, <laughs> Nick, the runner up for the name award this year behind yeah. uh, fellow, uh, fellow Yellowhammer State uh, player, uh, Kool Aid McKinstry. Kool Aid McKinstry. Oh. <laughs> Brother, it's been so much fun. Uh, Again, I look forward to next week and uh, take care. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for having me, Joe. On this side of the coin, not the fake GLU on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. And of course, this podcast. So if you reach this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast to anybody who you see fit. Download the show. It means more to the show than you know. Uh, Got some blog articles coming uh, on the way. Uh, Really, really fun weekend in. And New York sports, aside from the football, I hope you all had a great weekend, and I'll see you on Thursday. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.